Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Greetings, welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The third hour of the program, 877-973-7425. If you'd like to be on the program. Um, I want to wanna read you this tweet from Bill Malugan at Fox News. An innocent Texas grandma and her seven-year-old granddaughter were killed after a speeding human smuggler fleeing from police ran a red light and crashed into their car. Two illegal immigrants were also killed. The smuggler is a U.S. citizen from Louisiana. Preliminary, this is the actual news article. Preliminary information indicates law enforcement attempted to stop a 2001 Dodge Ram 1500 pickup truck for a speeding violation. The driver of the pickup truck, Rizian Comer, 22, of Bossier City, Louisiana, refused to stop in a vehicle pursuit ended eastbound on Interstate 10, the report stated. When the pickup, driven by Comer, got onto the service road in Ozona, he disregarded a red light at the 15th Street and Avenue E intersection and struck a 2019 Dodge Ram 1500 pickup truck driven by Maria Timbunga with Emilia Timbunga as the passenger. Maria and Emilia and the two illegal immigrants were pronounced dead at the scene. Comer was transported to Brook Army Medical Center in San Antonio and is in serious condition. Comer and the two illegal immigrants are the only Occupants listed in the 2021 Dodge Ram pickup truck. It appears they were engaged in the smuggling of humans. If the initial reports are correct. Um, I wasn't going to talk about this and then I saw a tweet from Marty Kemp. I don't know if she's listening, or the governor's listening in Georgia. Marty Kemp is the first lady in Georgia. And she has made a big issue of human trafficking. She has pushed the legislature on a bipartisan basis to take action against human trafficking. Um, and I saw her tweet that today is called My Freedom Day. Uh, It's a student-driven event around the country to raise awareness about modern slavery. I wasn't going to talk about this until I saw Marty Kemp's tweet. So if someone wants to, listening in Georgia, wants to tell the First Lady of Georgia, I'm I'm talking about her issue because of her tweet, and I agree with her, is a big issue. Well, feel free to pass it on, and, and let me just tell you my experience. So I ran for political office. Sadly and unfortunately, I got elected. Worst job ever. I don't understand why anyone wants to. Well, I, you know, so I got a buddy, Seth Clark. He's a uh, city councilman in Macon, Georgia, and I owe him a text. He wants to take me fishing. He's a Democrat. He's a big lib. I love the guy. He is all about making his city better. This is a guy who uh, pipes froze on Christmas Day in a retirement home. 
His he and his wife and kids were headed north for family vacation for Christmas. He sent his wife and kids ahead, and he stayed behind to help the old people at the retirement home uh, clean up the mess and help them with their prescriptions and medicines and all that sort of stuff. Just a remarkable human being. He's on the left. I'm on the right. The guy just has a heart of gold. He's a great city councilman. I hated the job. The reason I ran, though, was one issue, and it was it was this issue. I was at the time, this is 2006, I was running redstate.com and local TV in, in Macon, Georgia, where I was. They asked me if I would come on one night and talk about the 2006 midterms, and I think it was actually that election night or some such. Um, can't really remember. I think so. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was the midterm election night in 2006, and... I remember driving downtown, it was like 10 o'clock at night on the way to the news channel for the 11 o'clock newscast, and I realized there are like 10 Asian-themed massage parlors, and they're all open, and they have crowds. Like, these are businesses you pass in the day. There are no lights on, nothing. You you don't even notice them, and at night you notice them because they're lit up, and, and one in particular had a number of men standing outside just chatting with each other. I thought, this is, never even noticed these businesses. I thought they were all out of business. And here they are at night. The lights are on. They're going on. And I had a blog at the time. So the rise of blogs. And I, I wrote about it. Said I just thought it was interesting. We've I didn't realize that my city had this many Asian themed massage parlors on a on a drive that's maybe five miles past 10 of them. And I got death threats in the comments. Like, I, I got actual death threats for commenting on what is going on here. I had heard rumors, and I, I said I had heard rumors that these places were fronts for prostitution, and I just thought it was very interesting. Uh, here they are all open at night. They're not open during the daytime. What is going on? And, of course, it turns out they are. I had a lady reach out to me. She lived in Gwinnett County, Georgia. She referred me to a report uh, the Clinton administration authored, but then the report didn't come out until after George Bush was president. So John Ashcroft was attorney general. His name was on the report, even though it was actually compiled by the Clinton administration and Janet Reno, his attorney general. And what the report said is that within 30 minutes drive of military installations in the southeast, you find an explosion of Asian-themed massage parlors. And these Asian-themed massage parlors, many of them actually are fronts for human trafficking and for prostitution. And the money is sent from these uh, from these shops to the Northwest, to Oregon and Washington, and the money then laundered and sent overseas to the Japanese Yakuza, the Japanese mob, that a lot of them are fronts for organized crime. And in fact, a lot of these places have human trafficking or signs of human trafficking, although it's very hard uh, to to nail down as to what's actually going on. And it dug a little further, and about that time, one of the places that I saw, the biggest one of the places that I saw open at night, it got raided by local police based on some reports, and they didn't find a lot of people there. There were two women, though. They did not speak any English at all. They were living on mattresses in the floor of this place, in rooms with no light bulbs. And the local police couldn't prove that they were human trafficking victims, but they had all the signs. And so I ran on that issue, and I won. 
Democrats and Republicans alike were concerned about the issue. It was kind of notorious. You'd drive down the interstate and you'd see all these billboards for these Asian-themed massage parlors all saying, come to my city where I lived. It's kind of getting a reputation of being a hothouse for Asian-themed massage parlors. You know, that that shooting a couple of years ago during the Trump administration in the North Atlanta area, the guy who went into the Asian-themed massage parlors, it was characterized as anti-Asian hate by the national press. Uh, they wanted to, to focus on race issues in America because Trump was president. In reality, the guy said he went in and killed him because he was going there for sex. He had gotten addicted to sex and was going there regularly for sex. More and more, we're finding people being smuggled into this country, and not just people smuggled into this country, but also American kids kidnapped, lured into drugs, to human trafficking rings. I only talk about this in guarded terms out of respect for the people involved, but I have a friend whose son was nearly hauled off into human sex trafficking in a terrible situation. I only go so far with it other than to say he met someone through social media, began a relationship with the girl whose father had abused her and was using her to lure boys And it was a terrible situation. Thankfully, he was okay. But these things happen in this country. They really happen in this country. And I have tremendous respect for people like Marty Kemp, the first lady in Georgia, raising the issue of human trafficking in the country. My buddy Chip Roy, congressman from Texas, said he... um, He was on the border. This has been months ago now, last year sometime, probably middle of last year. He was on the border uh, trying to highlight how many people were coming across the border, trying to get the Biden administration's attention. And the Texas patrol pulled over a vehicle, and it had a bunch of uh, Central American illegal immigrants in the back of the truck. The driver was an American They presumed with an American driver working for the cartels that they could get a pass and get into the country. It turned out that these people thought they were coming into this country and they would be able to be set free and get jobs, and the cartel was smuggling them into the country as sex slaves in the United States. It happens. Slavery is real around the world. It's happening in this country. It's probably happening in your community. There are people in this country running businesses with sex slaves. They, the people are held against their will, many times plied with drugs. I know too many of these stories. I interviewed a young lady one time whose father was renting her out. she was able to escape. It's a difficult, it's a terrible thing to talk about. I know some of you have kids with you, and I'm I'm trying to be more discreet about it than than I otherwise would if if this was later at night and kids weren't listening. But it happens. I want you to know it happens. 
And I want you to know that today is is called My Freedom Day. I did not know it was even a thing. Uh, it's been a student movement to raise awareness about this issue, and I'm happy to talk about it because I, I when I was a city councilman, I'll tell you what happened. Uh, I read reports and was told that typically the people who run these businesses, they rent from politically connected people. And sure enough, some of these businesses, their landlord was on city council with me. And he refused to acknowledge it was a problem, then claimed if it was a problem, it was consensual and why are we after it, and would never recognize the fact that in multiple raids there were obvious signs of human trafficking. And you know how we dealt with the problem? Ironically, it was Brian Kemp was Secretary of State before him, a lady named Karen Handel, a dear friend of mine, and the two of them helped. And you know how they helped? regulations. I mean, the argument against pursuing this stuff, if you refuse to acknowledge the human trafficking angle and just say it's consensual prostitution, is, well, why do we want to get the police involved? So we didn't. We got the regulators involved. We got all the actual legitimate massage businesses in town to go through a list of things they do and do not do. Like, for example, they all have reg- they all have lists of their customers. So he said, if you're doing these businesses, you got to have a list of customers. They all had working light bulbs. So he said, every room has to have light bulbs that work. None of them use the premises for for rest and relaxation. So we said you, you can't be living in the premises. We passed this legislation and drove almost all of these businesses out of business overnight. None of them wanted to show us their customers. None of them wanted to have uh, well-lit locations. None of them wanted to have regular business hours. They all shut down, went out of business. It worked. It's a real problem. And in the 1990s, it was mostly a problem of people being smuggled into this country. After 9-11, border security got tighter, and it became more an issue of people in this country, pimps in this country, giving your kid drugs or a child from an abused home who ran away. They thought they were going to someplace safe. They were addicted, made addicted to drugs forced against their will repeatedly to have sex until they broke down their will and they were hired off into sex slavery. It's a real thing that happens to kids in this country. In the last few years, because the border's gotten loose, we're finding more and more people coming across the border who are human trafficking victims. These are real problems. These things really do happen. You should be aware of them in your own community happening. It funds cartels. It funds the Asian mafia. It destroys lives, it destroys marriages, destroys children. Not an easy topic to talk about, but today is the day to talk about it. And we should, and we should be vigilant against it. So my kid has a queen-size bed. We've got a king-size bed. We got him bull and branch sheets, and he's used them. He had, like, kid sheets, and now he's old enough. He doesn't want the, the action figure sheets anymore. Well, we got lost because, I mean, the sheets look like our sheets, except they're queen-size sheets, and they got put in our closet, and the kid was in despair. We got him bowl and branch sheets. They've gotten softer and softer, and he's like, where are my real sheets? He refused to sleep until we found the real sheets because they're that soft. They're that good. They're made with a 100% organic cotton thread. They get softer in every wash. You can stay cozy all winter long with a set of bowl and branch sheets. They really are that good. We have them on multiple beds in our house. My goodness, my seriously, my kid, uh, he's finally like, my sheets are for kids. I'm I'm grown up now, and 
Uh, it's just a, a step of quality above what he had, and now he's like can't sleep without these sheets. They're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They're made without toxins. They're free of pesticides, formaldehyde, other chemicals. They fit the deepest mattress too, which I love because we have a very thick mattress on our bed, and it fits. It doesn't like bunch up and then snap off in the middle of the night when you roll over. You can get 15% off your forced order Bowling Branch sheets when you use promo code ERIC at BowlingBranch.com. Exclusions apply. See site for details. That's Bowling Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here. Let's go to the phones. Angie, you're going to be up next on the Eric Erickson Show. Welcome. Hi, Eric. Um, I just wanted to thank you for bringing up this issue. I know it's not the first time you brought it up, but bringing it up again and just share my a little bit of a brief personal history that you are tr- so right about it not being an issue where they're smuggled into the country. This is in our kids. This is in our families, and this is a real problem. My daughter was 21 years old when she went on BFF Bumble and met a gal that lured her in, and her mother's boyfriend was dealing drugs and started, you know, got them to go. She, My daughter had mental health issues, got her to go off her medication, um, get addicted to the drugs, and started um, to try and traffic her. And, you know, God bless that she, she was stopped before she got to North Carolina with a drug pull of cars with this guy. But there's no way of catching them. They're just so tricky. And everybody just needs to be hyper, hyper alert of what these people are doing in our society and and just watch out for their kids, even young adults that may need extra help and extra attention because it's it's really, really tricky. And I just wanted to say thank you for You're bringing very it welcome. up again. Uh, you, you are very well. Now, let me ask you about your daughter. How, what's her situation today? Uh, she passed away last year. Oh, gosh. I'm so sorry to hear that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I have wanted to call many times because it, it is, it's been an issue for years. And, um, yeah, we need well, to watch out for these kids. Well, God bless you. And they, the social media. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Angie. I'm, I'm sorry for your loss, and I I'm, I'm appreciate you calling in and sharing that that happened to you. It's, y'all, it, it's this I, – I, I know too many stories – People I've interviewed, I I had a show for a short time. It did did several episodes for a show on a on a network and didn't go anywhere. Um, I I didn't want to do the hyper partisan aggressive stuff, and and so it didn't work out. But I interviewed victims of human trafficking, and so many of the similar stories of of people uh, they they had bad family relationships or they struggle with mental health. They met people who they thought embraced them for who they were, got addicted to drugs uh, and trafficked or met someone on social media, turned out to be someone else um, abused. In one particular case, young man actually um, had a sexual encounter with another guy, didn't realize what was happening at first. And then that person, well, you can't go home to your Christian family. You might as well stay here and do this with me. It just, thankfully, the family helped him, uh, got him, got him treatment, and just these things happen. They're horrible, difficult stories. But it, so many people want to say it's not real. It, it's not happening. It is happening. Uh, there are lots of victims out there.
Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number is 877-973-7425. I just, I got to read you this from uh, this lady's tweet. She, she's a doctor, uh, Canadian. She said she canceled her donation to the Canadian Cancer Society. She had stage 1B cervical cancer when she was 40, surgery, radiation, chemo. Resources for women's health are miserly at best, and I was livid when I read this garbage. And she put it on the screen. Let me read this to you. It can be difficult to make cancer screening a priority, especially when there's not a lot of information out there about cervical cancer risks for trans women. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, but men do not have a cervix. A trans woman is a man. Men do not have a cervix. Therefore, men cannot get cervical cancer. Therefore, trans women cannot get cervical cancer and the Canadian Cancer Society's website says there's not a lot of information out there about cervical cancer risks for trans women. I wonder why we live in an age of madness. And and that gets me to if you subscribe to my daily email, uh, you text data to 33777, the top link. You can subscribe, get 15% off the paid subscription. If you were a paid subscriber, you get the show notes. And in the show notes, you would see this. This is page one from a DEI training at a public university. The department of the public university forces the employees to take this. It starts with an exercise that asks which intersectional identities you would save and which you would die. Here's the scenario. We're going to do this on the radio, and I could get canceled. Charlie's like, finally, I can go get a new job. (laughs) The 12 persons, not people, the 12 persons listed below have been selected as passengers on a spaceship for a flight to another planet tomorrow. Because tomorrow, the planet Earth is doomed for destruction. Or no, it's flight to another planet today because tomorrow the planet Earth is doomed for destruction. Due to changes in space limitations, it has now been determined that only eight persons may go. Any eight qualify. Your task is to select the eight passengers who will make the trip. Here is the original passenger list. An accountant with a substance abuse problem, a militant African-American medical student, a 33-year-old female Native American manager who does not speak English, the accountant's pregnant wife, a famous novelist with a physical disability, a 21-year-old female Muslim international student, a Hispanic clergyman who is against homosexuality, a female movie star who was recently the victim of a sexual assault, a racist 
armed police officer who has been accused of using excessive force. A gay male professional athlete vegetarian. An Asian orphaned 12-year-old boy. A 60-year-old Jewish university administrator. This is cultural competence training, mental modules, and worldviews, day one activity handbook. I'll tell you who I picked. (laughs) The accountant with the substance abuse problem. Why? Well, because on the new planet, the drugs won't be there. He'll get over it. And you need some professional accountability when it comes to someone being good at math to keep track of all the garbage you're going to have with you. The militant African-American medical student. Why? Because you want that militant uh, African-American medical student because you need someone who's a doctor. The accountant's pregnant wife. You need one couple there who can have a – you're actually getting a bonus person. So for procreation and perpetuation of the species, you send the pregnant wife too, and you have one married couple who can raise their child. You want the Hispanic clergyman who's against homosexuality because you need someone who can deliver hope and an uplifting message. Uh, It's good for the mental well-being of the people. You want the racist armed police officer who's been accused of using excessive force. If there's an alien on this planet, you're going to want that guy. You may not like him, but you need him. He's got, he's armed. He's got a weapon. You need someone with the weapon if they're aliens. You want the Asian orphaned 12-year-old boy because if that couple's pregnant with a girl, well, now you got another couple that can procreate. If not, you probably want either the 21-year-old female Muslim international student or the 33-year-old female North American manager who doesn't speak English. I would probably go with the 21-year-old Muslim and the 12-year-old boy because they're closer in age, and you got to have another productive couple who can procreate. And then I say you want the 60-year-old Jewish university administrator. You need someone who's going to be a natural leader, and probably a 60-year-old Jewish university instructor is. A gay male professional athlete vegetarian, doesn't matter that he's gay. He's not going to procreate and perpetuate the species. doesn't matter that he's an athlete. The key, though, is the vegetarian. He's not going to eat equitably all of the food. He's only going to eat the vegetables. And you don't want someone to disproportionately eat the vegetables and starve. You need someone who's omnivorous to adapt to the diet. A female movie star who was recently the victim of sexual assault, I'm sorry for your loss, but you're going to stay on planet going kaboom because you're just an actor. That's it. No other useful skills. A famous novelist with a physical disability. Well, in the utilitarian scheme of things, I think we need productive members of society to colonize the new planet. How is this hard? I don't understand how this is hard or offensive. I mean, do you really want to take a female movie star who was recently the victim of a sexual assault versus a militant African-American medical student? Hmm? I would take the 33-year-old female Native American manager who does not speak English over the female movie star who was recently the victim of sexual assault because at least the 33-year-old female North American manager has management skills, which could probably come in handy in organizing a new world as opposed to the woman who can just cry on command. I'm sorry you were a victim, but that victimhood isn't really relevant to colonizing a new planet. And also, well— I mean, are you going to be ready to focus your life on 
adding to the population of a new planet? Or are you going to be out there trying to act? I don't know. Uh, the famous novelist with a physical disability? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. But if it's a rocky terrain and you're in a wheelchair, what are we going to do with you? I look, I'm look. It sounds heartless. This is what they're making some college go through. This is an actual DEI workshop. Twelve people, passengers on a spaceship today for a flight to another planet because tomorrow the Earth goes kablooey. But now only eight. Who are you leaving behind to die? This is kind of a no-brainer. It's funny how if you take it seriously, if you take it seriously, it gets very utilitarian, does it not? Your worldview. Someone will say, well, why are you going with the Hispanic clergyman who's against homosexuality versus the gay male professional athlete vegetarian, you bigot? Well, the odds are the Hispanic clergyman who is against homosexuality would at least have a sexual relationship with the 21-year-old female Muslim international student to perpetuate the species. The gay man isn't going to perpetuate the species. At some point, you have to deal with the reality of, do you want the human race to survive or not? This isn't really that hard, and it's fascinating that this would be a DEI workshop uh, where you're essentially supposed to prioritize who you want. I mean, if we had like a, a fertile trans man, I would say take the fertile trans man over the, the handicapped uh, not famous novelist because that trans man can still get pregnant and perpetuate the species. This is about survivability of the human race, is it not? How dumb. This is just, it's, it's rather dumb. And it really should focus you on one of the whole issues with the human race is perpetuation of the species. We're either an animal or we're not. And if you look at it biologically, we're an animal. If we're an animal, we're primates. And if we're primates, there's not a single primate that gets to pick its gender. That's biology. Transgenderism is somewhat metaphysical. Not somewhat, it is metaphysical. If transgenderism is... is, is I mean, there's greater evidence for the resurrection of Jesus Christ than for someone's ability to pick their gender. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you get utilitarian in these discussions. The world is coming to an end tomorrow. Eight of you get to escape. Who do you want? Well, we want an engineer. We need a pilot. We need people who can perpetuate the species. We probably need a biologist or botanist to figure out life on the other planet. So we need some scientists, we need some engineers, we need a doctor, and we need fertile people in their 20s and 30s who can procreate and perpetuate the species. It kind of boils down to that. If you take theology and everything else out of the equation and you're just down to utilitarian arguments about perpetuating the species because we're just a smart animal who learned how to build a rocket ship, unlike the other apes out there. This isn't hard. Except can you imagine... Can you imagine the arguments that you would have involved in one of these discussions in an academic setting? Can you imagine the academics 
having to embrace utilitarianism. These are people with tenure. These are people who can't lose their job for not being great people. My goodness gracious. But I love these things because it's also a reminder of just what garbage the DEI stuff is. I mean, really, we're, we're going to choose on the list of people. What, what about the person who says, yes, I want to take the famous novelist who is disabled? Okay. <laughs> the famous novelist. What's the disability? I mean, shouldn't that be a relevant question? What's the disability? Are they blind? I mean, if they're blind, they might be toast on the foreign planet. They, they're not going to be able to see anything. Um, is it a genetic disability or did they have an accident? Are they still fertile? I mean, you got to ask these questions. Does it come up in the exercise, though, of course. Can you imagine the academics putting I would actually love to, like, be behind one of those false windows, like those windows that are mirror, and you sit back and you observe the academics having this discussion. Well, I think I, I think we need the vegetarian because when we go to the new planet, if there are animals, we want to show them that we come in peace and we don't want to kill and eat them. We just want to eat the vegetation that's on the planet that the other animals eat. And it would be offensive if we went and colonized a new planet and we decided to eat the animal occupants of the planet that were already there when we would be no better than the Spaniards moving to the Western Hemisphere in the 1400s and taking out the Indians. How do we not know that they're such? You knew they would have those conversations. You know they would have those conversations. Here, here's the one. You notice what they really don't have on the list is an academic. They have a university administrator, but they don't have any academics on the list. Probably a wise choice. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about Patriot Mobile because they want you as their cell phone provider. Now, here's the deal. The cell phone company you're using right now, Patriot Mobile probably already used their cell towers. Congress allows something called an MVNO, Mobile Virtual Network Operator. It's a cell phone company that doesn't own its own towers. It uses the towers from the big companies that constructed them. Patriot Mobile does that, and you take your business to Patriot Mobile, and you're working with a company that is chartered as a Christian conservative company. Those are its values, and it funds those causes. Patriot Mobile grows its profits and then takes a portion of its profits and gives them to the conservative movement. You can do business with them, and you get free activation with my name by going to patriotmobile.com slash Eric. If you go to patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K, you'll see a detailed map all the way down to your house so you can see how good the 5G is, the data, the voice, all of that. They give you all of 5G, data, voice. You get it all. You can also call them 972-PATRIOT. They have 100% U.S.-based customer service. They give you incredible discounts if you're a veteran, a first responder, an NRA member even, a teacher. you got a lot of lines for your household. Because you got a lot of kids, they can save you some money. PatriotMobile.com slash E R I C K. PatriotMobile.com slash Eric or call them 972 Patriot. Tell them I sent you and get free activation. I love this next story. <laughs> this is a this is the the broadcast signal. This is the bat signal. Or the, this is actually, I should say the bat signal. It's not so many people. It's the aircraft tower with the light that goes around and you know where the airport is. You know something's going on. You need to pay attention to this. They're dropping opposition research on Marion Williamson's abusive treatment 
of 2020 campaign stuff. This isn't the Politico. The best selling. I, I I need to. Oh, oh. Got 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 to talk about. Got to channel my Marion Williamson to do this. The best selling author, Marion Williamson, has built a career preaching love and forgiveness and magic crystals. It's the cornerstone of her second Democratic campaign for president, which she launched on March 4th. But those who have worked with Williamson as she has moved into the political realm say her public persona is at odds with her private behavior. Interviews with 12 people who worked for Williamson during her 2020 presidential campaign paint a picture of a boss who can be verbally and emotionally abusive, just like Kamala. (laughs) Those interviewed say the best-selling author and spiritual advisor subjected her employees to unpredictable, explosive episodes of anger. They said Williamson could be cruel and demeaning to her staff and that her behavior went far beyond the typical stress of a grueling presidential cycle. In other words, she could be a senator from Minnesota. <laughs> Marion Williamson, she's a, she's a, uh, well, witch with a B, apparently. <laughs> it would be foaming, spitting, uncontrollable rage, said a former staffer who liked people that spoke with political wanted anonymity. Because of the concerns of being sued for breaking non-disclosure agreements, it was traumatic, and the experience at the end was terrifying. Really, you're working for a woman who peddles magic crystals or whatever, and you she got a temper behind the scenes. All these self-help gurus are like that. Here's the thing: this is this is why it's like the the, the airport light circling around, flashing that this is where you land. This is a signal to all the other Democrats: you want to challenge Biden. Prepare for the opposition research dump. When word gets out, Gavin Newsom serious. If it did, there would be massive opposition dump in the Politico. This is hilarious. Williamson would throw her phone at staffers. Her outburst could be so loud, at least on four occasions, hotel staff knocked on the door. What a woman. That, wow. She seems so nice, but she was so mean. This is the story of all these hokey self-help people like that. You mark my words. Marion Williamson, not a nice person. Dare we say high maintenance? <laughs> 